Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. we are <clears throat> excuse me i think we're all set now what is going on everybody welcome into episode number 590 of underground sports philadelphia live from underground studios it's kb and matt coming at you we got a lot to dive into from the eagles the sixers the flyers the unions absurd end to an absurd season and uh whatever else may pop up during the episode we'll talk about it uh but before we get started make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram tiktok threads facebook.com slash underground sports phi twitch.tv slash underground sports phi you can follow matt on twitter at matt castarina you can follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts Send us your Spotify wrapped. We want to see if uh, we're potentially in them. I know I had a couple of people text me that we ended up in their top five, so that's pretty cool. Um, tweet at us, DM us, tag us in your Spotify wraps. We want to see all that good stuff now that it is uh, Spotify wrapped season. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. The more subscribers we get, the more we can do cool stuff and continue to create awesome content for you guys. It's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, every show on our network, clips, shorts, live streams, original video content. It's all on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Trying to get to 650 subscribers before December 1st. We're only two away. Let's make that happen tonight. Who knows? Uh, but go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And this show, of course, is presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? I'm living the dream. It is uh, another episode before another big Eagles game. It's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game, and through the end of the month. This is good through the rest of November, so got to act quick. Their Black Friday, Cyber Monday holiday sale is going on. If you want 15% off just one item, use code BLACKFRIDAY1 at phiapparel.co. If you want 20% off two items, use code BLACKFRIDAY2 at phiapparel.co. And if you want 30% off three or more items, use code BLACKFRIDAY3 
for 30% off. They are our exclusive merch partners. They're the best in the game. If you want to stand out in the crowd at the tailgates, at Lincoln Financial Field, or any of the stadiums, the Wells Fargo Center, Citizens Bank Park, when baseball season rolls around, go to phiapparel.co. And at any time, you can use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. It's the most effective and direct way to support us and everything we're doing here. So go get your merch and tag us when you get it. We want to see where you're rocking your merch from. phiapparel.co. Check out their holiday sales on their social media pages. It's 49ers week. It is. It uh, This is like the halfway point of this tough run schedule that the Eagles are on, and they just keep passing the test week by week. And this is the one, I think, besides the Chiefs game, that probably has the most emotion in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly one side, I think, has more emotion about this, which, I mean, deservedly so. Like, I understand why 49ers fans feel like there's a little bit more revenge in this game than Eagles fans feel because – for the entire second half of that NFC Championship game, the Eagles were just celebrating going to the Super Bowl, and the 49ers were left to stew and kind of think, what if, you know, <laughs> what if our starting uh, quarterback, who only started because of our other starting quarterback got injured, didn't injure his UCL? Who only started because the guy we drafted and traded three first-round picks for... Well, that's what I was saying was Trey Lance, yeah. you know, gets hurt, and then it's Garoppolo, and then it's like, it's... it's So I, I get it. I get why it's... Um, you know, I would also, as a fan, be really upset and would kind of circle the next meeting between the two teams because it makes a lot of sense. But I think even beyond that, you don't even need, I think, the history between these two from last year. I think these have been, when healthy, really, the, the only t- like when the 49ers are healthy, they're the only team that I've seen in the NFC that I think are as good as the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I think that's on both sides as well. Um, but especially offensively, you know, when Debo's been healthy, when everyone's been available, it's been an offense that's really just can kill you in so many ways, which is similar to the Eagles, too. So I think it's a great matchup, and uh, I am really, really looking forward to it. But it was a crazy – I mean, we talked about it. It was a crazy Bills game. I think we, we said it was going to be a high-scoring one, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways, you know, it delivered on, on all the promise. And I think it was – honestly, I think that might have been my game of the year. I, maybe that's, like, recency bias. But um, for me, that was, the the I think, one of the better games that I've watched from start to finish. Uh, all season so far yeah 100 i mean the rain element added in there jake elliott nailing that field goal that arguably best field goal of his career oh not even arguably i think that is i i think you know, um the one one a with his 61 yard game winner against the giants in 2017 his rookie year carson wentz uh check game <laughs> um yeah i mean i i think for a regular season moment there's not a a bigger kick you know yeah. like just to because I mean the only way it would have been bigger if it won the game right like that's really the mm-hmm. only only uh, other other path there but yeah I think just given everything it was just really impressive and um, yeah I mean I, I think what was great about it too is both teams the the Bills are really desperate for a win the entire time just like Josh Allen is <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> he's I think what was great about this game is it was two quarterbacks that I think are. There's maybe only one or two other guys that I think can give you the performance that Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen did. One of them is obviously Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, the only other guy that can just break a game on his own. And Lamar, I think, mm-hmm. has the capacity to do this. But I, re- I don't think there's any other quarterback in the league that I've seen, especially when you like consider that what Jalen and Josh and, and Lamar to an extent too do is, you know, they're they're so good at both things, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 so dominant. 
I would say Josh Allen is probably the best passer of those three, but um, you know, and, and they're all and what I like about them too is they're all good runners in different ways yeah. too. Like they all have like kind of different skill sets. Like Lamar is like your highlight reel. We've all seen like the the stop. He's like that quick twitch kind of speed he's a human juke machine right like honestly like he just like he has unreal just kind of slipperiness and josh allen has these like great like scramble plays like he just turns and like he turns he runs like an elk he turns what like what would be a like throwaway by virtually every other quarterback into like a 19 yard game mm-hmm. you know like he just has that ability and it's it's really special and jalen hurts is i think just super efficient like he just and he's just strong great design runner Super strong. I think sneaky strong, too, mm-hmm. you know, like because he's not – he's, like, pretty slight-looking guy. He's not, like, the biggest guy you've ever seen. But, yeah, they're all um, all a lot of fun to watch, and I thought that was the best thing was both quarterbacks, I think, um, really just dominant display. I think, you know, if the Bills win this game, we're probably talking Josh Allen MVP stuff. You know, we're talking about them being a sneak, like, no one wants to see this team, you know, wild card weekend. I mean, you still might not want yeah. to, you know, if they, if they can make the playoffs. But, yeah, I thought it was a great game. And, I mean – the the in-game and post-game drama too that has uh made its way to social media with bills players uh approaching eagles fans in the stands and the bills players posting on social media that the fans were making quote threatening remarks about their families and then videos all across the board from that exact section sitting next to or right behind the person who was heckling the bills players there's absolutely none of that happening and i think if anybody has ever been to Lincoln Financial Field for any event, they have like an even higher than zero tolerance policy for any like nefarious, like poor behavior. Like I've seen people get kicked out for having their feet up on the chair in front of them. Yeah. If somebody is making threatening remarks about anyone's family, whether it's somebody in the stands or a player, you're gone. Like that's just how Lincoln Financial Field security works. Um, and I just find it hilarious that uh, his uh, Twitter handle at Doctor Dutch tweets just went on a whole deep dive like we did with Color Star and found all these videos on TikTok on Instagram and just absolutely put like a kibosh on any allegations these Bills players were making. Yeah, um, I you know like I maybe things get misconstrued and like mm-hmm. the moment. I think ultimately too like you know you can like heckle and stuff. I'm willing to accept that there might have been some gray area there. Who knows? Like, it's it's hard to say. Um, and I, I think people sometimes get a little alcohol in them and let the, you know, say thing. Like, we've seen that a lot across sports everywhere. So, I don't know. The You know, I, I'm, I'm glad that that hasn't become, like, a big part of this. I know, like, today I saw, like, clips talking about Jason Kelsey was upset one of the Bills players playing through the uh, – the whistle and said he felt like he was intentionally trying to hurt uh cam jurgens um so that sucks you know like that mm-hmm. you know that kind of have like that discussion out of what was just a really fun game and um two teams i think that just played at a, a really high level and uh, i think for the bills it's crushing i i like i can't like they did everything to win this game mm-hmm. <laughs> except with 20 game. seconds left the team that lobbied to get the rule changed in the playoffs which i don't disagree with i think it was always dumb that you know yes. like if you won the coin toss you had an 80 percent chance of winning the game now like it's it's not really fair but um they had 20 seconds left timeouts and you have josh fucking allen <laughs> like the dude who's like when he was drafted right there was a ton of questions about his like 
what he was going to be like. The one thing he had and has always had from day one was this dude has an insane arm. Insane. Like, take, let him take two shots. What do you... I, I did I did not care for that at all. I think kneeling down and just going to overtime there is bizarre. Play because coward you don't games, to, win coward prizes. You didn't, you didn't have to get a touchdown even. Like, nope. just get yourself try a field goal <laughs> like you know honestly like I, I i know tyler bass didn't have a great day but like i don't know i, I was yeah i was, was really surprised crazy. by that so um i mean you look at at that overtime drive too and and everybody wants to just nitpick everything jalen hurts has done this year because he hasn't put up flashy numbers but he puts wins in the win column that that overtime drive where he ends up scoring the game winning touchdown like I talked about it with Pat Pitts on the the last episode. Like that's a legacy drive for Jalen Hurts in his career. Like when you when it's all said and done for him, and like you look at you know some of the highlight reels of his career, that drive right there just showed the poise and confidence and just like cooler than the other side of the pillow type mentality that he has. I saw a clip of them reacting. I shouldn't even say reacting. Them viewing <laughs> the Jake Elliott field goal and Jason Kelsey barely reacted he yes. like sort of looked at it and then like like nodded and turned like okay like that makes sense you're like, kind of locked in like the game's not over you know like you're just going to overtime on i thought that they got the wrong clip for jalen hurts because he looks at this and this is i i don't even know if he watched the field goal go through but he it like was, shook his head because it, I, saw, I don't even think he's i don't even think he shook his head i think he just he was just he, <laughs> it was know. like one of those where he was just like he had the big like rain jacket over him and it was just like <laughs> people were like he was shaking his head because he didn't want it to like come to that yeah but it was just i have <laughs> it was so funny because again you know I, I didn't expect them to be like high-fiving like, right because again it was just the game was tied but um yeah i i think uh i think that speaks though to like jalen hurts is like he's just like unflappable mm-hmm. he just is not someone that i've ever seen um really get shaken i think the only time i've seen that honestly was the jets game this year which coincidentally mm-hmm. is the only loss that was the only time i've ever seen him really it felt like get in his own head a little bit and part of that too is the jets defense is great at like forcing turnovers it's like they're a very good defense but um that's the that's really the only time in the, in this last like year and a half with jalen hurts that i felt like oh like he's he's off it you know like it's mm-hmm. just but it, it's it's an amazing thing to have because i think like your mentality or confidence is really important so yeah, I mean, big one on deck this week, and what better news to have an Eagles legend <clears throat> announce their retirement uh, as an Eagle, be chosen as an honorary captain, because that is one, number 10, Deshaun Jackson, officially announced his retirement today uh, as an Eagle, will be the honorary captain on Sunday, will retire as a Philadelphia Eagle like he should. I think there's no better hype man to have ready for Eagles 49ers than Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Um, fun electric player. Um, I will always remember the uh, the Monday night game. Uh, it's funny that that game just like lived on in such a – but it's like that was kind of uh, what he was. It was just like a, a real – he's like someone that I think in this era, I wonder, like if he was in his prime now, I think um, – would be a really interesting player to, to see. There's a lot of players like that throughout NFL history now that I think if you if you plug them in now, maybe things are a little different. Like I think too of like 
like Randall Cunningham today. Mm-hmm. He was great in his time, but like imagine, like just imagine that. Even like someone like Dante Culpepper, like imagine him today. Like it's just a even better. I don't know. Like there's a lot of guys that I think, and Deshaun Jackson, I think he's one that. Yeah, if if he was in today's like imagine him on the Dolphins, <laughs> like which I mean you could put a lot of receivers on the Dolphins team. I think they do very well because the system itself. But yeah, he's a he's a special player. So. I mean, 15 years in the NFL for the style of receiver he was, too. A second-round pick. I mean, played for Andy Reid, Chip, Doug, and caught passes from every Eagles quarterback of our lifetime. Yeah. Don McNabb threw him a touchdown pass. Kevin Cobb. Like, not many people caught touchdown passes from Kevin Cobb. There's a guy that comes to my job all the time with a Kevin Cobb jersey. I'm like, brother, I don't even know how you got that. I didn't even know that they, you could buy that. Like, I think you had to get that custom. Easily. Uh, Nick Foles, Michael Vick, Carson Wentz, and his last touchdown reception as an Eagle came from Jalen Hurts. Well, I didn't hear Jeff Garcia on that list. So True. <laughs> Wasn't in the league yet. <laughs> Because I think Jeff Garcia was an Eagle 2007. We drafted yeah, that was Deshaun right. 08. That was, yeah, that was like 06, 07, I think was the Garcia. Yeah. Just, missed, mean, just missed the window. It's crazy that, like, he's he went for, like, the full-on, you know, infinity stone gauntlet of Eagles quarterbacks to catch touchdown passes from in his career. And it's very fitting, too, that, you know, one of the first blunders of Deshaun's career was when he dropped the ball right before crossing the end zone against the Cowboys, and then his final Eagles touchdown was him doing a front flip into the end zone against the Cowboys. Um, And, I mean, he's a guy that you think, like, all-time Eagles, like, obviously, you know, the Reggie Whites, the Brian Dawkins, they're going to always come up. I think Deshaun made such an impact on the Eagles that, like, he's right there. Maybe, yeah. I I don't know. Um, That's a a great question. I don't know where he would would rank. I think, um, yeah, that's – it's a great call. I'm not sure where he he ends up, but he certainly like for our generation. I think one of like he's such a mainstay too. Mm-hmm. So you know, like he was always uh like you said, he called he was th- he transcended so many different eras of like Eagles teams too. You know, so um, and, like got that second chance at Eagles life when yeah. he came back too after you know Chip Kelly cuts him. He's on he the Rams, right? Is that where he ended went up? to Washington at first? Um, when Chip Kelly cut him, when Chip yeah. Kelly was the GM, and then he went to Tampa Bay, and then he came back to the Eagles, and then went all over the place. Ended up with the Raiders, the Ravens. Um, might have ended I up remember, with the Rams. I had a weird memory of him being on the Rams. I, I know that he ended. I remember him on the uh, the Ravens for sure. But yes, he did end up on the the Rams. I think that might have been twenty twenty one. He was with them, and then he got cut, and then went to the Raiders, and then finished with the the Ravens in twenty twenty two. Did get a ring though with the Rams because he was on the team. So. Yeah, respect. What a career! Shout out to Sean Jackson. Um, he's celebrating his birthday this weekend too in Philly. Um, so throwing one of those classic Deshaun Jackson parties in the city before he is the honorary captain uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, did you see the clip? today Matt from New Heights with uh they they had breaking news about the Princess Diana replica jacket that Kylie Kelsey wore and how have you seen like Rob McElhinney was like they were bidding on it right and he found out it was Caitlin Olsen his wife was the other uh the other bidder for a hundred thousand dollars he was like my final bid was gonna be 62,000 in honor of my favorite Eagles player number 62 uh and then I find out that 
I was outbid by someone for a hundred thousand dollars and come to find out uh that person lives with me and then she just cuts in like chris collinsworth sliding in jason kelsey loses mine's like sweet d that's hilarious to which then travis kelsey sorry chiefs fans dropped to go birds yeah yeah well i think uh i think you'll always have one on us so <laughs> for that's now fair. for now yeah for now um but yeah i mean eagles 49ers is gonna be good and i do find it pretty interesting you know during the offseason when Javon Hargrave left. We were like, how are we going to replace him? And it, Jalen Carter has just been so good that you almost don't even like feel the absence of Javon Hargrave, who was phenomenal here for three years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's uh, been such a high impact rookie and played a lot on Sunday. Um, so looking forward to seeing how he. I mean, it's it's going to be a great matchup. I I think you know, like in a, in this very well could be like an NFC championship preview. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if these are the team. I mean, I would say this is probably even the odds on favorite matchup for that, um, you know, for that final weekend before the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I, I, I think these are two just great teams. I think, you know, I, th- I wouldn't be shocked too, if there's another high scoring game too, like despite mm-hmm. how good, like the both defenses can be, I think both have like flaws. Like I, I would not say either defense is perfect. Like even the 49ers defense has been pretty susceptible to the past at times, but I've also seen them in primetime games against big teams really lay it down. You know, they did it to the Cowboys, saw them do it to the Seahawks on a Thanksgiving. Admittedly, the Seahawks were a little banged up in that game, but still, like, it's a, it's a formidable defense for sure. And, um, you know, despite everything, Brock Purdy is somehow st- like still good quarterback i don't know it's just i think we just have to accept that he is what he is at this point and he is just a good quarterback i don't know um but it that offense i think is i i think the only offense that i'm like truly terrified of when you go up against like even the dolphins you know like are are scary right because they you know they're, they're so explosive but mm-hmm. that's there's a difference because i think like the 49ers feel so much more systematic than yeah. the Dolphins do. Like, the Dolphins, it feels like any catch can be an 80-yard touchdown. Right. Like, they, they have that just unbelievable explosiveness. But it doesn't feel as streamlined as the 49ers do. There's something about the 49ers that feels so, like, mechanical and, like, just everything seems so smooth, so easy. And it does with the Dolphins, too, I should say. But, like, there's something about the 49ers, too, that, like, they have so many choices, like mm-hmm. the, and everyone is so versatile on that team. Like it's, it's a scary thing. And you know the Eagles' defense has not been great. They had to play ninety-two snaps on Sunday, in like in insane conditions. Um, so you know, like it's, you know, a lot of guys coming out of the game with like you know a little banged up, and so I, I think this could be a pretty high-scoring game. And luckily, Lane Johnson will be back, and it looks like Dallas Goddard's pushing to play. Don't know if he will. Um, I know I have him in fantasy and. Yahoo switched him from out to questionable for the first time since the injury. So, I th- I th- I remember Sirianni saying the Cowboys game was, was like the target yeah. for sure. Um, and with like a forearm thing, like I don't know, like what you can really do. You know, like it, yeah. it, it's not a. I don't know. Can you really catch if you're like <laughs> if you have some I some sort of brace on? I guess because he's missed two games and obviously the bye week helped when the injury happened it's three weeks now so right? it's been three weeks since uh the cowboys game when it happens so. it depends on like severity of fracture like yeah. it, fracture can mean so many different things and mobility but. of 
his arm yeah. post surgery and everything. But they did say that the the Cowboys game is the true target, but he's pushing to hopefully be available. But Lane Johnson will be back, which will be huge. Um, not that you know Driscoll played poorly. I mean, there was a couple plays here and there that Jalen had to kind of scramble on his feet, but much better performance from him than in the Jets game, I would say. And, uh, you know, you just got to be able to – I think the bigger key in this game is keying in on Christian McCaffrey. Like, the receivers are very good for the 49ers, but I think if you fo- if your sole focus, like, in stopping their offense is prioritizing getting to Christian McCaffrey – that will help you win this game more so. I mean, good luck. <laughs> My response. I think everyone has that same thought. It's like, yeah, well, he has 100 yards or a touchdown in his last, like, 30 games. So, uh, you know, it's just no one can really figure out a way. And I think that's – the 49ers offense, the one constant of Shanahan's, like, time there has been no matter what running back has been in, they've been successful. And then you add in one of the best running backs in the league, and it's just it's – it's a huge advantage that they hold. And I think what's concerning about the Eagles, too, is, like, coming – into the last few weeks, they had a really good run defense. Like, that was mm-hmm. the Eagles' best thing. And that's kind of washed away a little bit, especially in that Bills game. Like, they were able to get big chunk plays off of. Like, yeah, that very would, odd. That would concern me, you know, um, you know, for this 49ers game. You know, McCaffrey, you see, you've seen Debo, uh, like, line up in the backfield. He had a big run against Seattle. Like, they have that ability, and I, I think that is where the Eagles gave them problems. But on the opposite side, the 49ers have had trouble uh, stopping the run as well. Like, I, I think – both teams, what they're good at, I think they can really exploit, despite how good some areas of their defense are for both sides. Like, I think both teams can exploit each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's going to be, again, I think you're seeing, like, probably not too dissimilar from the Bills game, honestly, I, I think, in terms of, like, scoring. Yeah, I think I think the points will be there. Um, I don't even know what the over-under is in the game right now. I would guess it's got to be, like, mid to high 40s. Like, I just, I think, like... I think last week with the Bills, it was, like, 46 and a half, I yeah. want to say. Um, this week, Eagles 49ers is 47. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, I, I think, to me, that's... I, I would almost say over that, truth, like, truthfully. I, mm-hmm. I think um, I think you could very, very easily tell me, like... Because I just think the Eagles have, like we've talked about, they have. So I was thinking about this a lot. You know, in like board games, like there's like rules on like how you win the game, like mm-hmm. depending on what you're playing. Like the Eagles have the simplest rules to win a game. You're like, they're, they're, their win conditions are, there's so many less things they have to do to win games than a lot of other teams. Like a lot of other teams have to have so many things go right and like be executed well. The Eagles, it feels like they, they don't have, that list is very short for them. So, um, you know that's that's their big advantage. It's like they they don't, and even when they face adversity, like they've been trailing the last three of the last four games now at halftime. I think the last this, it's been the last four. Yeah, last four because I think it was three on Sunday. They were saying the last three they've trailed at halftime, and um, you know have come back. You don't want to make a habit out of that. And I think that's that's a concerning thing. But they have shown the ability to adjust through the course of a game and win. Like that's also valuable. Um, so maybe you put them on fraud watch because they're seven and one in in one score games like the Vikings actually. But I think you've seen enough with them too that like it doesn't feel as fluky. Mm-hmm. But you can't make a habit of it, right? Like right. And this is something that in the regular season maybe you live with, but you know if you're going into halftime, you know down ten, you know in in the uh, late stage of the NFC, like that's where it gets concerning. But like this year, the Eagles have 
three multi-score wins. It's against the Buccaneers in September, against the Rams, um, where they won by nine, and then against the Dolphins. Yeah, every other game has been by a touchdown or less. Yeah, they've and like a lot of them have been really competitive, really close. It's very different from last year where games were over at halftime for the most part. Um, and the team, you know, they're, they're scoring just as well. I think they're they're averaging a point less per game than they were last year. So still like a very good offense, top five, and a lot of those like advanced metrics. Like I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's also a product of you're playing a NFC champions schedule as well you know you're playing the best of the best and they're gonna try to come and bring their best against you because you won your conference last year you went to the Super Bowl you were a couple plays here a a sod father away from winning the Super Bowl um so there's definitely you know an aspect to that there um that you know it wasn't gonna be a cakewalk this year with with the schedule at all um, I also saw news that the Seahawks game in a couple weeks could potentially get flexed to Monday Night Football because the current game scheduled uh, features the Patriots and who wants to watch them in prime time? Not, yeah, not I'm, I'm looking at it now for Week 15. Uh, yeah, it's Chiefs Patriots on Monday. Yeah, and uh, like half the slate right now doesn't have times listed either, so there might be a uh, some flexing going on. You don't want to watch, uh, man. That that is a tough one. You know, Cowboys Bills is that? Yeah, Cowboys Bills and Eagles Seahawks are in the same time window. I think they probably uh, probably make some phone calls yeah. about that one. Broncos Lions, that could be a good one. Broncos the, the other Broncos. hottest team in the NFL besides <laughs> the Eagles. Who would have thought? Truly the Paul Rudd uh, <laughs> video. Not me. Not me. Not any of us. Um, Wait, there's three. I'm looking at the Christmas. Yeah. There's three games on Christmas? Yep, and the Eagles are one of them. Wow. I knew the Eagles played on Christmas. I didn't realize there was three. Yeah, we can't wait on Christmas Day to watch Raiders Chiefs. Ugh. And uh, Super Bowl rematch, Ravens 49ers. That'll be good. But, yeah, the uh, NFL's getting nice. Yeah, we get we get double dose of uh, Philly sports on Christmas this year. Yeah. Who would have thought? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, uh, I have this graphing here. It's from Kay Adams' show up in Adams uh, that she does. There's four kickers here, Matt. 58-yard or more field goals career stats. I'm going to read the stats blindly. You tell me which kicker you'd, you'd rather have. First kicker in 58-plus yard field goals in their career, 0 for 2. Second one, 3 for 17, which is a 17.6% uh, make rate. That's going to be Justin Tucker, isn't it? The next one is 3 for 13 for a 23.1% make rate. And then the next one is 4 for 4 at 100%. Well, I'm going to ask the last one was Jake Elliott. That's correct. I think the 3 for 17 would be Tucker because I feel like he's tried it the most. Three for seventeen is Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, that makes sense. Is Tucker on that list at all? Is Justin Tucker one? is three for thirteen yeah. in his career from fifty-eight plus. Who's over? Adam two? Vinatieri. Really? That's interesting. I guess honestly, like the one thing I've I've definitely noticed is like kicking from distance is way more common now. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a weird thing because I think people go for it more, but yet like they're more a fifty-nine yard field goal. 
like 10 years ago was an insane distance. Like, guys pretty regularly now. Like, a 48-yard field goal now feels like what a 35 used to feel. You know, like, I will say, like, it's it's like how now, like, in the NBA, there's, like, a bunch of guys average, like, 23 a night. Mm -hmm. It's, like, 15 years ago, that's, like, you're an all-star, all-NBA. Like, it's just, I think there's a little bit of inflation. So, I guess that doesn't surprise me because, like, going for that long was just not a thing. There's, like, three guys who I think started the trend of, like, the long kicking. It was, like, Matt Prater, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Brandon McManus was doing it in Denver. Yeah. Well, they always talk about the the mile high. Like, it gave you a little extra. He was, like, always booting, like, long ones. And I think Tucker. Tucker's, like, all about, like, because he hit the – last year he hit, like, 65, right? Yeah. He broke the record. Which is insane. It is. I'm – Oh, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I saw, I heard someone talk about this once. If there was a kicker that could, like, reliably hit from like seventy-five yards, where would they go in the draft? You know, like where, like how, like what kind of advantage is that? Yeah. And like, I don't know what whatever rely. Let's say you just gave me those numbers where, like, from fifty-eight, you're three for four, thirteen, right? So what? That's Let's just say, let's say you're twenty five percent. Let's say you're, no. Let's say you're forty percent. Okay. From like seventy five, and you know, like I'm sure at like sixty eight, you know, you're at like mm-hmm. let's say like fifty four. You know, like where where's a guy like that go? Like that's a huge yeah. advantage. Knowing, let's say you're the Bills on Sunday evening, Sunday night at this point, and you have twenty seconds, and you just have to get to your own. 45 mm-hmm. you know like that yeah. would be uh that would be something and i wonder if we'll ever get to that point if, if there is yeah because like, i mean guys now like just in warm-ups are kicking like 70 yard field goals just to to warm up their legs yeah so that would be interesting i feel like they i don't know if they'd crack the first round but i feel like some teams would consider it i, th- I think they'd be in the first i think you'd, they'd be a first round pick I really do. I think like you, there's kickers that go in like the second and third mm-hmm. that aren't doing that. You know, like if they, if there was a guy, legitimately that was that was like capable of doing that, I wouldn't even be surprised if they were like near the top ten. I I really yeah. think it would be such like kickers last for it's worth the gamble sixteen years. Like you know, imagine having all that. I don't. Know. Um, hopefully in this game against the 49ers Brian Johnson will uh realize that DeAndre Swift is the running back that you need to use to win the game. Yeah, that'd be It was very evident in this one short Kenny Gainwell had some moments, but my goodness, does the Eagles backfield and running game look so much different when DeAndre Swift is carrying the ball versus anybody else? Yeah, he's electric. He's uh unbelievable. Like truly. his vision compared to what it was in Detroit the past couple years is night and day and I'm sure you know part of that is running behind the Eagles offensive line versus the Lions offensive line in the past couple years but man like use DeAndre Swift because as soon as the Eagles started using him it felt like momentum swung in their favor late in that game and it was able to kind of give them better field position and set things up for touchdowns like he sets up the Jalen Hurts game-winning touchdown uh in overtime so Hopefully, Brian Johnson wakes up and realizes DeAndre Swift is the answer, and you don't really need to utilize anybody else when they're running the ball. If you want to pass the ball to Kenny Gainwell, sure. But I think uh, you got to run the ball with Swift, especially yeah. in this game. Um, the uh, the Philly special Christmas special 
is out looks very entertaining um the clip that i've just seen running around is uh calling for saint nick and then nick Foles pops up nice cameo i feel like you know and the clip today i don't know if you uh if you saw jordan davis has pipes unbeknownst to man he's uh He's on the the new album that's coming out this year, and I feel like almost everybody on the Eagles can sing. Yeah, which is a weird thing. I don't know. That's a weird crossover that I, I didn't expect to ever really have. But at all, here we are. Team talent, team talent. Um, but yeah, Eagles Forty Nine ers should be good uh, on Sunday, four twenty five. I saw a lot of people complaining too. They're like, "Why isn't this the Sunday night game?" It's because it's like the game of the week type thing that they do for every NFL weekend and it's going to be perfectly fine and you don't have to be up until 11:30 at night waiting for the game to end. Yeah. I uh I hate I hate late games. It's it's brutal. Still have four more weeks until our next one o'clock game. I don't mind the 4:25 like that like and I also think too like when the lights come on it feels a little more yeah. dramatic. Um I don't mind that but yeah. Sunday Night Football, I can do the first half. Yeah. And then I'm I'm out. Next 1 o'clock game is... And that's uh, also having watched football for seven, seven hours. hours. <laughs> Commercial-free football. Salute to our guy, Scott Hanson, Un- this Okay, past so... Week. Yeah. Um, I... I So I was, like, doing, like, homework all day Sunday, and so I was on the couch, and I heard that alarm, and I thought it was a car alarm. And I was like, man... Whose like car is going off right now? Like that's a weird alarm too. And then I heard it again. And Sarah like looked at me. She's like, "What alarm is going off right now?" I was like, "I have no idea." And then Scott Hansen's like, "There's an alarm going off in the, the red zone offices." <laughs> I was like, "It's from the TV. Like it's the the TV studio is." And we were trying to figure out what alarm it was. She's like, that's not a fire alarm. Like, I have no idea what alarm that yeah, was. Yeah, he had though. no clue and then was directed that it was okay for him to stay in the studio. And then I saw, like, somebody from the production team for Red Zone uh, quote tweeted, like, the clip of it and was like, we have, like, a bullpen ready to go in, I think I think it's, like, Secaucus or something. Like, one of the, the NFL film studio has, like, a backup if anything goes wrong with – red zone during the main broadcast at their studio the nfl film studio can tap in and keep red zone going. okay well that was i was worried i was worried for this i was like man this is don't let anything bad happen to scott hansen football you know, like, guy <laughs> honestly he's like oh, i'm just gonna hang in the pocket you know? <laughs> <laughs> plenty of time to throw unbelievable unreal um but yeah salute to our, one of our white whale guests scott hansen um Football this week, though, should be pretty entertaining across the board. I mean, Eagles 49ers is easily game of the week. Um, but you have, upcoming this week, you have Seahawks-Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. Let's go Seahawks. Um, you have Lions-Saints. The Lions trying to uh, eliminate the Saints potentially from playoff contention. Um, you have... Uh, a pretty big one in terms of AFC implications because you have the frisky Washington commanders playing the Dolphins. Um, and then, unfortunately, Monday Night Football kind of got ruined with Joe Burrow's injury because Bengals-Jaguars would have been awesome on Monday night. Yeah, would have been. But 
That's life. Texans Broncos also going to be very fun. Yeah, which I don't think anyone would have said even like seven weeks ago. Yeah, even a month ago. Yeah. And then the most mid-off game, Chargers-Patriots. <laughs> the Bill Belichick Bowl? Bill Belichick next next head coach of the Chargers? I've seen so many teams mentioned with Bill Belichick's name that I don't even know where he would go if he left the Patriots. I would not hire him. I've seen Chargers, no Commanders. No. Me personally, from a selfish perspective, I want to see him just leave football and go coach in the PLL. Yeah. I, it's just he um, – I, I don't know how you possibly let him into – like, I, I I just – as great as he was, like, he clearly doesn't have it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it just – it, and that happens. I don't know. I don't know how you let him work with a young quarterback again. Because mm-hmm. Mac Jones, like, was not this bad as a rookie. He was, like, a fine rookie quarterback. He was yeah. the best rookie quarterback out of that draft his rookie year. Now, that was because Trevor Lawrence had Urban Meyer, like – right fingering people's butts like <laughs> instead of coaching but you know like honestly like he was like a good rookie quarterback there was like there was promise there and it's been completely awful since then i refuse to believe that is all mac jones mac jones probably shoulders some of that blame but i think there's like the dude has not evaluated talent well in like a decade at this point it was like even like in the last few years of brady it had already been bad for multiple years it was just brady was so good mm-hmm. that you could overcome that and it's like special teams team stuff is like where they're like sucking too, which is like his like bread and butter. It's yeah. bizarre, and I, I just that's his son that runs that. Which like again is like this is weird boys club, and that always I think that always just goes wrong. Uh, and the Panthers uh, fired three Philadelphia legends past week: Frank Reich, ousted; Deuce Staley, ousted; Josh McCown, ousted. Yeah, oh, well, that is just I, I condolences to every Panthers fan because that is unimaginable hell i had the only panthers fan i know the only panthers fan we know mikey ostrowski text me on sunday and said there's a very real possibility that come next football season i'm wearing midnight green i just i i don't even blame anyone like for being like i just i'm not doing this you know like it sucks your like entire future is just absolutely ash (laughs) like at the moment (laughs) It's unbelievable. That might that might go down as the worst trade in sports history. Like honestly, like you're gonna you've already missed out. You chose to to walk away from. Ha, you had the choice, right? And mm-hmm. I know people are like in love with CJ Stroud. And he's been great, but like we don't know what he is it. But at that moment, that looks like a huge misstep. Yes, in choosing Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. Not only that, you would have had the opportunity at least, to do a, a Cardinals-Kyler Murray situation and, like, immediately, like, we fucked up. We made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. We are moving on. We are cut. We're, and now, yeah, I, I can't pretend like I know a lot about Caleb Williams and Drake May. Like, I haven't, like, done that um that in-depth about them. But from everything I hear from draft people, like, these are two, like, very highly rated quarterback prospects. But and you... you could have had your choice between them too, and that you know, I just. It's also rough that you're entering a draft where, arguably, the best prospect is wide receiver, right? Like you know, <laughs> like skill position would have been like a nice thing. There's a great left tackle in this draft. Like there was a lot. Uh, it's just since you traded your star receiver to brutal. get the number one pick, it's absolutely brutal. Um, I've seen this swirling around a lot too. 
of any of those three that were fired from the Panthers, would you, if you're the Eagles, obviously knowing your history with them, would you bring them in kind of like Vic Fangio style, like last year as like no. consultant type stuff? I think Frank Reich is. I think the only one I would consider would be Deuce Staley. Yeah, maybe, but I, I think just what because Eagles have is a good formula, and I think Frank Reich is maybe washed. I don't know. Maybe he might dug. just do one of these guys that's not a head coach, you know. Yeah. And there are a lot of guys like that that just. It's I think it's role. two stops that have proven that now that I think he's yeah. just a better suited as an offensive coordinator. Right. Hundred percent. Also felt bad for Josh McCown because like it's his first job like what ever. What do you say? Fuck me for <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. I think the worst game of the week this week though is Falcons Jets. Uh, yeah. That's pretty that's at a, MetLife. That's a pretty hard one to watch. But Jets fans rejoice. Twenty-one day practice window opened up for Mr. Ayahuasca. What a load of like absolute horseshit. <laughs> I cannot believe that we're pretending like Aaron Rodgers is gonna be back playing football. I'm I'm gonna be honest. If if he plays quarterback, everyone involved with the Jets I'm not gonna say what I really feel, but you could read between the lines. They should honestly never be allowed to work in the NFL again. No. The malpractice of allowing a guy coming like three months off of an Achilles tear at thirty. And say what you old. want about Aaron Rodgers, but like that's crazy. It's more than crazy. It's not reality. <laughs> like there's no. And again, if he comes back, he shouldn't. It's no. dumb. The season is gone. It's over. There's nothing to play for. It's it's actually. Even if you come back 100% healthy at this point, you're not making the playoffs. You might as well, because you have your first-round pick, get as good of a pick as you can and add, say, an offensive tackle in this first round. To protect him for next year. To, to ensure that he doesn't, because you, your offensive line, outside of everything else, has been terrible this year. So, man, I just cannot believe that we're having to listen to this. There was a, uh, a notification that went out on sleeper that our guy Pat Pitts posted or quote tweeted I should say um, I want to find it here because it's quite true it's quite true um, sleeper put out Aaron Rodgers said that a return this season will depend on both his health and the Jets playoff possibilities he said that on the Pat McAfee show and uh, Pitts he tweeted breaking Rodgers will not return to the Jets this season <laughs> please credit us we broke that news I mean, the Jets are four and seven. There's no, with the way the, the AFC is, They're not making the playoffs. Like, the Dolphins are eight and three. The Chiefs are eight and three. Ravens are nine and three. The Steelers and Browns are seven and four. The Jaguars are eight and three. The Colts are six and five and alive in the postseason. Like you're just you're the not. Bills are six and six and are the ten seed. It's, I just I can't listen to it. I can't do it. The Broncos have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Jets. Yeah, maybe Sean Payton was right about Nathaniel Hackett. He was. <laughs> He was. You're just not supposed to say. It's just kind of mean to say. He was. Everyone got like so upset about so what he said. Upset. It was a. Here's the thing. Sean Payton is a scumbag. Yes. So everyone is like, it's an easy thing to get like mad at him about. And it's like it's uncalled for. Like because we all know, but you don't have to point it out. Because it's like that Stephen A. Smith clip. Now let's be nice. <laughs> you don't have to say that, but right. let's be nice. Right. Like at the end of the day, yeah, Nate has, and like I think he just also shoulders some blame for how the Jets' offenses look this year. Like is Zach Wilson good? No, but I. His offense has been terrible outside of that. And this is also what happens, too, when you hire a bunch of dudes' best friends, mm-hmm. like Alan Lazard, who was a scratch over Randall the weekend, Cobb. and they got him for another three years, <laughs> like $12 million a year. No awesome. thanks. 
And that's the price you pay. But, you know, like, they obviously couldn't anticipate him tearing his Achilles, you know, two minutes into his debut. But it's tough. It's the most Jets thing to ever happen, I think. The most Jets thing to happen would be that he actually came back fully healed, Mm -hmm. miraculous. And they, like, lose the most heartbreaking Super Bowl loss you've ever seen in your life. Like, that would actually be, I think, the most Jets thing. That would feed families. Yeah. Um, if if you're a team next offseason, because you know you brought up two uh, quarterbacks that are starting in the AFC East right now that will more than likely not be starting for their current teams, who would you rather have as backup, Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? Uh, neither. <laughs> I'd I'd rather have no backup. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather pull someone out of the stands. Both of them honestly seem. Who do you think is the more? I should say. Maybe not bad, but who do you think is the more salvageable Mac to Jones. like? Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones or something there, but he has this like attitude thing. Like, yeah. I think part of that is his competitiveness. He has a competitive edge. I don't think Zach has a competitive edge unless there are moms around. Uh, but like, I really, I don't see it from him. Like Mac Jones, you see it. Mm-hmm. He's like a, he's a Duke basketball player. Yeah, like he just like he is but, uh, Grayson but you Allen. know that he's like. A dickhead. And that's what's so weird about him this year is like it doesn't feel like he's had like he just feels totally lost of confidence. As a backup, I think he'd be fine. Like you know, it, yeah, he's Zach a guy Wilson that needs is, to go to like Detroit. Zach Wilson is truly a like, lost cause. You are giving a monkey the TV remote. Like mm-hmm. it is. There's no order or control there. Mac Jones needs to go to like Detroit or somewhere with like a, a like fun but like gritty type of coach to fit yeah. his personality because he truly is like you said he's a duke basketball player he'll he's end a up dickhead. on the fucking 49ers like they wanted oh, yeah. from the beginning and that's where that's how it'll all work out gotta love that or he'll end up with the rams with sean McVay, and he'll like whisper in his ear hey just be yourself and then he'll fucking return to to form when matthew stafford's done um but yeah nfl week 13 is gonna be one for the books um Let's switch to the the hardwood here, the Sixers. It's brought to you by our pals at Kenwood Beer, where you can get Kenny's at the Wells Fargo Center. You can get them at KenwoodBeer.com by using the Kenny Finder to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland areas in your local liquor stores. It's 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories, only 8 grams of carbs. They got new pint glasses out on their website this holiday season as well that look absolutely fantastic. That's KenwoodBeer.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. The uh, the in-season tournament, uh, this, 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 and this had to happen uh, quickly came to an end. So the Sixers officially eliminated. Oh, we were close. We were close. Yeah, we were close. We were really close. If just like seven more things went our way. We were right there. It was like 44-6 to six Eagles-Cowboys in 2008 on crack. Um but a good win over the Lakers on Monday, one thirty-eight to ninety-four. Worst loss of LeBron's career. Hate to see it. Should have came here. Should have. Should have. Should have just joined up. I mean, who knows? Uh, Joel and Tyrese both with thirty plus. Joel with a casual triple double. Um, I mean, we've said it since the beginning of the season when things started to kind of look like. Sixers were thriving. It's a, it's amazing what good coaching can do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, playing everyone like 800 minutes a night. Um, you have to dial that back a little bit. Tyrus Max, he's going to be 
He's like, Dad, uh, when the the Popeye's chicken sandwich came out, and there's the picture of the worker, like <laughs> Jimmy Butler in the bubble. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly. Um, I also love Nick Nurse's comments about uh, why we didn't play well in the in season tournament. He said he's blaming it on the court. One of us. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, they play the Pelicans tonight at eight o'clock in New Orleans. Sixers sitting at twelve and five uh, this season. In a virtual tie record-wise with, who would have thunk, the Orlando Magic. Yeah, quite a little bit of a, a renaissance in Orlando, of all places. They'll fall off. But maybe not. Wagner's really good. Words be kicking themselves, they skipped over him. The uh, I saw the fun workaround, too, about the, the false trade. Um, where, you know, we were rooting for the pick swap for years. Pick swap happens. We draft Fultz, Celtics draft Tatum, but then uh, we make the old trade with the Magic to send Fultz to Orlando for a fake pick until it conveys top 20 protected. Shout out Mike Muscala. So effectively, we got the pick swap for Tyrese Maxey. Which is looking pretty okay. Worked out for both teams in the end. Um, Celtics are 14-4, and four, Bucks are 13-5, and, and then the Sixers and the Magic are 12-5, and five, and right now that kind of feels like the – the four top dogs in the Eastern Conference kind of falls off after that to the Knicks and Pacers. Heat in the seven seed, Cavs in the the eight seed, Nets and Hawks swinging around there uh, towards the bottom of the play-in tournament if the playoffs started today. But Sixers just hanging around and doing what they got to do to you know stay atop the Eastern Conference and just playing good basketball. And if you know, it's funny how like <laughs> getting your expectations killed completely and then this team just like getting rid of the one toxic guy on the team and then they start playing well and like vibes are good just like feels like you know things were elevated to above expectation when in reality it's like this is what it should have been like the entire time yeah um i'm not i'm not i'm not doing this myself so i'll I'll watch i will root for them but i have my guard up I'm not. I'm not getting sucked back in again. They've been. A, they've been a good team, and I think uh, definitely, like you said, getting rid of Doc Rivers is nice, and definitely seeing a little bit of a, a Tyrese jump, which is a lot of fun, and Embiid is still playing at an MVP level. Like there's there's lots of good there, and I think it's it's a deep team. Batum has been great. Mm-hmm. Like that's unbelievable. He's like everyone, everything we we were kind of hoping for, and like a lot of role players we've had over the last few years. He's he's filled in really well. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, not not bought in yet. It's gonna take a lot to buy me in. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so we'll see how they play against the Pelicans tonight. Um, and then they get the Celtics again for the third time this season uh, on December first. So let's shift gears though. Uh, talk about our partners over at Foco this holiday season. Gear up with the Forever Collectibles. For your loved ones, your friends, and family, FOCO is just dedicated to priceless and amazing collectibles from bobbleheads. You saw the overalls. They got the Eagles ones now. If you want to gear up for Eagles season and Eagles playoffs uh, with the overalls, go get them. They've got Santa hats, too, if you want to celebrate the holiday season. Uh, Click the link in our description. Go check out our partners over at FOCO. They are the best in the game. Shout out to Foco for sponsoring the pod. 
the union met an unceremonious exit from the postseason from the team that they just simply don't have an answer for uh, and potentially got screwed by an offside call that wasn't called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's frustrating, I think, because the technology is there for these kind of things, but they didn't have the right camera angle. Mm-hmm. And people shown the camera angle and done, like, the math, and he was offside at the, the time of, of the ball being played. And um, I think what frustrates me about that is, like, you know, we have all these technologies, all these ways of reviewing stuff now, but you still have mistakes like that because of whatever um, in, like, a high-stakes situation. That's frustrating as a fan, I think, to take. And, um, listen, like, I, I've seen a lot of arguments. Well, it was only three inches. Like, offside is a binary thing. Like, you are you are either on or offside, right? Like, that, that with the way the rules are now. Like, they're going to, you know, in the, in the future, they're going to change the rule about the distance and how much, but like right now, <laughs> any amount of a, of a playable part of your body, if it is even an inch is offside. Like we, it's, it's non-negotiable. So, um, that's frustrating. Cause I feel like the union hung in that game pretty well. And I think part of it too, is like you had to wait so long for this game and mm-hmm. it was such a long layoff. And I think the quality of the game really suffered for it as well. Not that these teams are known for playing like breathtaking stuff to begin with, but, um, yeah, the playoff format's got to obviously get a, a change because it's an in, insane amount of time to not play. Do you think it changes this offseason? I think it has to. I, I really think it has to. If not, I think it's a huge problem going forward because um, it's just it's way too long of a layoff. Three weeks is a long time yeah. to not play. For any sport. Yeah, like it's just not. And it's not even like too like you can really do much in because it's in between the international break. Like guys mm-hmm. are away. And like this is the time. It, so like late November, the last this international break is when any type of qualifying is happening, this is usually the last qualify. So, like, there are meaningful games mm-hmm. that guys are playing. Like, it's it's stupid. Especially, you know, with, with MLS where you have so many guys going to, like, CONCACAF and stuff. Like, where, yeah. where you're going to, like, South America where the travel is insane and you're playing, like, you're playing Bolivia in the mountains and then, like, at sea level somewhere. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's 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 a really bad format and it, I, I hope that gets changed for next year. But. And, you know, it, it also sucks that, you know, trying to tune into the game as somebody who wants to, you know, watch their team play a playoff game being behind a paywall blows. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing too. The Apple TV stuff. I, I have like mixed feelings about and just in general. I, I just think putting like a growing sport in league behind a paywall. That isn't like, it just, it, it stunts the growth. It does. Like I've, I've never in my life paid for an NBA pass, right? No. I've never in my life paid for the NFL Sunday ticket. I've like for hockey, for baseball. Like it's just not worth it to me. And when you put all of the games behind that, like it's just it sucks. Now they do do like two or three games each week are are the free broadcast, which I, I like, and I've I've watched a lot of the free broadcast. But I want to watch Union. Mm-hmm. Like every other week, the Union were a free game, and if not, I'd have to go back and like rewatch highlights or rewatch the game and it's just that sucks i'm not and it's pretty pricey too yeah it's like 100 bucks for the season pass and i just don't find that that's worth it unfortunately um so yeah it's brutal um something's got to be fixed there for sure going into this off season but um what do you think happens with the union this off season i think this is the last time we see a lot of this team um Kyle Wagner before his whole uh, debacle 
was already probably gone. I, I would be surprised if in any way he's back, um, especially considering all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think there, there's probably a few guys that, that might not be on this roster next year. It's going to be a weird, weird turnover year. Curtain, maybe, you know, like it's he's been someone that last offseason, there were rumors about maybe going somewhere. We'll see. Like, I, I think it's going to be a transition uh, offseason for the Union. I hope they spend some money because, listen, what they've done is really impressive. Like, when they've, you know, they're in like the bottom third of the league in terms of money spent and payroll. And, like, that's impressive that you're getting the results you are. But, like, teams are spending a lot now. And, like, the East, especially, is very competitive. I think you, you need to spend money if, if you want to keep up. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Bedoya even. Like, it's just, there's lots see of questions. see Jim Curtin's comments about Bedoya? Yeah. And, like, that that to me says, like, it's, there's, I think, a lot of pieces in transition. Which isn't a bad thing necessarily either. Like, I, I don't think, mm-hmm. like, squad turnover is very normal in this sport. Like, it's very, it's very rare to have the run that the the union have had over the last three, four seasons with so many of the same faces, you know, for the most part, there's been five, six, seven guys that have been a part of, you know, they've a few have like shifted in and out and you've had arrivals and things, right. That have made the difference. But for the most part, there's like been a core of this team that has been together for a, a while now. And that's, that's really not common. You usually get like three years, three year windows are very common in, in soccer, like around the world. So, um, yeah. Who do you think the – who would you say, like, your top three that you say wouldn't be going anywhere would be? Um, I think Blake. I think Glessness. And, man, Ura's probably back, you know. But, like, Gazag, like, could be gone. Like, he was someone that I think there was – there's rumors about last year. Like, there's just – talking about a, a lot of uh, a lot of shoes to fill potentially. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the union. Um, but make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, uh, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify. Send us your Spotify wrapped. Matt, I know it's your favorite time of the year. You love Spotify rap. I do. I it uh, it's just truly a wonder, and they. I think this year was just some of the best work that they've done, and uh, I love I love seeing what I listen to. I love seeing what everybody listen to. So, big Spotify Wrapped guy. What was big your uh, What was your top five? My top five was uh, MGMT, which is not surprising at all. This is my favorite band. Uh, number two was Mac Miller. Which I love Mac Miller. I did not realize that I had listened to him as much as I had this year. <laughs> um, but there's a few Mac Miller songs that are just in a constant rotation. Taylor Swift at number three for me. It's a big Swift year for me. Uh, Bonnie Vare at four. That's like my chill sleep music. So that's also not surprising. And Third Eye Blind, another one of my favorite bands. So the first year in a while that One Kiss by Dua Lipa was not my top played song. Um, a few NGMT songs came in above that, but. Yeah, I uh, I'm an Apple Music user, so I got my my replay today. Um, I don't know how, but I think it's from listening to Nick Cassiano's walk up song during the playoffs. Drake was my number five. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert was number four. Jelly Roll made it into my top three. Um, Arctic Monkeys were number two, and then AJR was number one um, on there. It's kind of cool. 
I don't know if Spotify does uh, more than five. Apple does top 15 and bases it off like the minutes you listen to them. Yeah. Um, so you got a top 15 there, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, send us your Spotify wrapped for music, for podcasts. Let us know if we made it into your Spotify wrapped. We love seeing that kind of stuff. Um, and of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Let's get to 650 subscribers before the end of the month. And this show is presented by the city of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. This has been episode number 590 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt and KB, we'll catch you guys after Eagles 49ers on Sunday with myself and Pat Pitts. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace.